In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is the second Sunday after Christmas, and you'll see in these readings today certainly a theme of wisdom running through the readings, especially that our Lord Jesus is wise. And that's something, of course, that we can use as a new year unfolds. Old Testament lesson today from 1 Kings, the third chapter, concerning Solomon. The king, Solomon, went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness in righteousness and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I'm but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which is set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, 
to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The child Jesus grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive, submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ, our text is the gospel appointed for this day from Luke chapter 2. Of course, this is a new year, and with it, perhaps you have made some resolutions, but there are others out there who like to make some predictions. And there's an expert in the church that has made some predictions for 2022 and actually for the rest of this decade, and I've got to warn you before I share them, and I'll share just three of them, that they're not exactly going to make you bright and cheery as I share these today. But we'll get to the good news, and so you will be bright and cheery in just a little while. But these predictions for us as the people of God and indeed for society go this way. First of all, the current instability is going to continue. Not good news, is it? The current instability. And as much as we'd like uh, to return to normal, that's unlikely to happen, perhaps, in the way we used to know. I mean, we don't know for sure. But it's going to be a while if that is to happen. Yeah, now I'm talking about COVID, but there's a whole lot of other, other things happening as well. It's just an unstable time, isn't it? And yet, we do know this as well, that people are going to need the basics. That 
we're all going to still need food and shelter and safety and meaningful relationships and love and dignity and Jesus. And thanks be to God that He, Jesus Christ, says Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We have that, don't we? That we have that for ourselves and we have that to share, this good news of Jesus Christ. But the current instability will continue. Secondly, culture is going to remain deeply divided. It's been going that way for a while, and I think even before COVID hit, of course. But politics, it's divided, red versus blue, uh, matters of race, the issue of abortion, so divided. And so unity is going to be more needed than ever as we move forward into the new, new year and beyond. And we in the church are going to have to move forward wisely and lovingly, focusing and keeping Christ central because He is our living and risen hope. And the call to love God and to serve our neighbor, keep that central as well. This leader who brings us this not-so-good news today, these predictions for the year and the decade to come, has said, the culture needs an alternative to itself, not an echo of itself. A divided culture needs a united church. Let me say that again. The culture needs an alternative to itself, not an echo of itself. A divided culture needs a united church. Well, that's prediction number two. Culture will remain deeply divided. The third one, final one, third bad news for us today, is that moral, theological, and philosophical questions will become more intense. kind of feel sorry for our church workers today because they face things like a redefinition of marriage, the multiplication of genders, and all kinds of other things, just the impact of this pandemic on the life of the church. I mean, you've had your discussions here at Our Redeemer, I'm sure, about what you're going to do, about gathering together. What are we going to do? And so these kinds of things, this expert predicts, are going to become more intense. The thing is, we live in this era of weakly formed and strongly held opinions. And we have to do better than that. Wisdom is needed. We need to continue then our deep rootedness in scriptures where God's wisdom and truth and grace are revealed. And that's where we're going today with our lesson from Luke chapter 2. So let's get into God's word for today for some wisdom for the living of these days where these predictions are not so rosy for us. We need God's wisdom. And so our text is the story of Jesus in the temple at age 12 from Luke chapter 2. I'll read again just a portion of it, verses 46 to 49, where it says, After three days, Mary and Joseph found Jesus in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. 
he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? Did you notice in this reading that no one seems to know what's going on except the boy Jesus? The religious leaders are amazed at this 12-year-old's understanding of Scripture. They have no idea who this boy is. They don't know what's going on. His parents don't seem to know what's going on either. For a couple of days, they don't even know where he is. And when they do find him in the temple courts, they're astonished to find him sitting among the teachers teaching them. But we certainly learn today that Jesus at age 12 knows what's going on and he knows what needs to happen in his life. Bethlehem's newborn baby has quickly become Jerusalem's inquiring youth. And it's clear that Mary and Joseph have helped Jesus to become that kind of wise and inquiring youth. The evidence is in our lesson today, actually, that they're the helpers in all of this. Because it says in verse 41, Now his parents went to Jerusalem at the Feast of Passover. That's the evidence for us today. Because you see, the whole family went, and the whole family then was exposed to this beautiful message of God's deliverance of his people Israel from the, the Egyptians and all of that, that, that uh, Red Sea rescue, and the, of course before that the plagues, the blood painted on the door frames, uh, then the parting of the Red Sea waters, the man and the quail in the wilderness. Oh, God's great rescue of Israel and his provision for them. This Jesus knew. Verse 40 of our lesson says that Jesus is full of wisdom. He knows what's going on. He knows where he's supposed to be in the Father's house. He knows the Word of God. He's wise beyond his years. And he knows who he is, the Son of God. Mary and Joseph finally find Jesus. He's in the temple courts with some rabbis. And Mary exclaims to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Jesus' answer indicates that he's not destined to follow his father Joseph in the carpentry business. His words were a kind of first step out of the carpentry shop. He knows what's going on. He says, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Hmm. At this point, Jesus clearly removes the title of father from Joseph and places it on God. Because Jesus knows what's going on. He knew he was the son of God. Yes, Jesus is also the child of Mary and Joseph, but he's the servant of God, his heavenly Father. And as that obedient servant, he knows what needs to happen with his life. He knows what's going on. He's aware of his heavenly Father's will, and he, Jesus, was willing and able to do the Father's will on your behalf and for your benefit. And for a number of years after this incident in Jerusalem, when he was 12, Jesus was with Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. 
And Luke records that during that time, Jesus increased in wisdom and fear uh, and in favor with God and with men. And I imagine that all along he was helping his carpenter father, Joseph, in the carpentry shop. But he didn't stay there, did he? His heart of love and his love for his heavenly father wouldn't let him stay. And I wonder... Then, as God in human flesh, did He already hear the voices, the hopeless cries of the poor, the bitter accusations of the abandoned, the despair of those who were drowning in their sin? And as God in human flesh, did He already see the faces some, many, old and wrinkled. Some weeping, some fearful. From the faces of Adam and Eve to the faces of those teachers that were surrounding him there in the temple in Jerusalem to the face of the infant that's been born, born right now as I'm speaking to you. He saw them all. And you can be sure of this. Among the voices that found their way into that carpentry shop in Nazareth was your voice. You, with your questions about life and death and eternity. You, with your dire need for a Savior. And our voices, along with those of people of all times and in all places, ultimately drew Jesus to go joyfully to the cross bearing our sin, His life a sacrifice for them, His resurrection a guarantee that they're forgiven. And then, His resurrection with a new and glorious body, a certainty for you that you too will rise like that, with a new and glorious resurrection body when the Lord returns on the last day. This is the Lord's plan for you and for me. He knows what's going on. So, what does this mean for you and me as we have left a challenging year behind and entered the year of our Lord, 2022? Well, the Lord knows what's going on. It means you can trust Him. You can trust Him, first of all, for your salvation. Didn't the angel say to the shepherds already at the birth of Jesus, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. Well, today, today we've met that Savior in God's Word. He's 12 years older, and he's displaying that he was growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He knows what's going on. He knows he's your Savior. And, you can certainly trust this Savior not only for your salvation, but for everything else as well. Because He knows what's going on in your life. You have God's promise that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. For the good of your faith, for the sake of your living in the Father's house forever, the Lord knows what's going on. And He loves you with an everlasting love. And He's going to take you to Himself someday in His heaven. That's His promise. 
the name of this Lord who knows what's going on, amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts in Christ Jesus, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Well, that was a delight to be with you in worship this day as we heard God's word and sang his praises and got to sing some, some Christmas songs toward the end of the Christmas season. So thank you. Thank you for being here today. We pray God's word has been a blessing to you. And of course, keep on coming for that supply of God's word, his grace that we receive in word and sacrament. So good to be with you today. Have a great day in the Lord.